No, I'm like straight up here to, you know, I guess sort of eat the crow from saying that I like Max Verstappen at the beginning of this podcast because. Listen, special episode. I know we've been away for a while. I had to look it up. We've missed like six races, but there's a, a perfect storm of stuff has finally happened that is getting us off the bench and into our microphones in our home studios. We need to talk about a few things here as the 2022 Formula One season is winding down. One topic is on the top of the list, probably all we're going to copy, and that is one, Max Verstappen. Where to begin? Well, first of all, he is the world champion. He clinched it uh, at the Japanese Grand Prix, if I read Wikipedia correctly and remember correctly. Uh, He was mathematically um, set to possibly win it in Singapore, but things didn't play out the way it should. In the Japanese Grand Prix, he clinched it. Controversy uh, existed in that ep- in that race as well. There's lots of controversies. The theme of this episode is recap of 2022 controversies, I think. Um, in the Japanese Grand Prix, it was actually shortened due to rain. They actually hit the time limit, right? So the number of laps uh, were shortened. And so once again, there was a bit of like, do they get full points or not kind of controversy? And they gave full points at the end, even though it wasn't a full race distance. You know, and Max wins uh, by a decision again. You know, he certainly would have won it probably uh, the next race anyways. But um, yeah, so let's get into this. Uh, To me, I was mm going to say the craziest part about that was the fact that all of the teams didn't know either. Like nobody knew except for the FIA who at the very end of the race announced, oh, yeah, we're doing full points. Whereas like it seemed like everybody else was operating on the assumption that it was going to be. Uh, whatever reduced amount. This is one of the the uh, the 2022 experiments. The dual what what is it? Race directors, oh, yeah, right? Race dual director. race directors, right? Co race directors. You know, uh, obviously still smarting from the Abu Dhabi incident of 2021. Multiple bad calls in terms of communication and clarity to both the the teams and the fans this season, but yeah, the, the latest one was the Japanese Grand Prix. People literally didn't understand what was happening until it was all said and done. Which at the time, changed. Yeah. well, I was going to say at the time I felt a little bad for Max because I was like, Oh, second championship, kind of another dud for him where he crosses the line kind of doesn't get that sensation of, you know, just elation at winning it, which I mean, obviously he knew it was coming, but it probably is still more special to, you know, win the race and know that you've just clinched a championship versus, what standing around in the interview and still not knowing until like you get on the podium or something like that. You had a little bit of sympathy th- for the guy here. He was, you know, having a season and, you know, turn, turn the corner and some fans eyes, one Jared Needers uh, thought maybe he was uh, someone he could kind of root for. They're, they're, they're telling him in the interview, Hey Max, you won the world championship. He was like, did I, did I like he was, you know, he couldn't enjoy it. It was, it was not clear. Um, but fast forward now to uh, the last few races, but in particular last weekend, the San Paulo Grand Prix, the Brazil Brazilian Grand Prix, not one, but two sort of absolute douchebag moments uh, in the Max Verstappen uh, trophy of douche doucheness, right? <laughs> Which one rises to your uh, top douchebag award, Jared, what was what was the thing that really punched you in the in the face about Max this week? I mean, 
Well, when I was watching the race, I, like I, I, Gustav had, I watched it, you know, maybe 12 hours later and Gustav had texted something. And so I knew to be like on the lookout for Max to do something ridiculous. And he hit um, Hamilton and I was like, oh, that, that's what he was referring to. But then uh, at the, in the very last lap, it was way worse when he didn't let Chet go through. And the way he talked to Horner on the radio, I was like, okay, that's the fucking most petulant little dick in the world. I, so fucking like, definitely like he went back to zero and then lost some more with me. <laughs> yeah, one of, my, one of my friends uh, who, like, like me and I guess Jared as well, got into Formula One by watching Drive to Survive said, it's like we reverted back to season one, Drive to Survive Max, because I remember in season one, they painted him as like this really dick bad guy, you know, coming in, stealing Daniel's Thunder, a Red Bull and everything. And I definitely despised him at the end of that season, but mm -hmm. it was like, you know, just a terrible guy. And then after getting into Formula One and watching like the actual season, not just the Drive to Survive, I kind of was like, okay, it's not as bad as that. But I mean, to some extent, this move at the end where, you know, he, he wouldn't help out his teammate when he's got absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, really soured my you know opinion on how he'd seem to mature and stuff like that. So you're saying that sixth place isn't that important <laughs> after having both the world championship drivers championship and constructors championship sewn up? Which is, I don't even know what he was <laughs> referring to when he was talking to Horner on the radio. Well, he said, he said like, he said, I laid out my reasons, something this like is, that. I mean, this is the mystery. Get into the rumor here. Right. This yeah. is the mystery, and our rumor monger will be peeling into that Give in me a just little one, bit. I'm gonna, I want to read the quote, though, if, if that's all right. So he says, I told you already last time, don't ask me, don't ask that again to me. Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons, and I stand by it, which is like, yeah. It's just so well, insubordinate. It's like, amazing. Right. And now like, we have Checo's radio right after when Checo said, like, you know, oh, thanks for that, guys. He shows who he really is. Yeah. Talking about Max, which I thought was also really interesting. That was very yeah. interesting. That was what was broadcast. Apparently, there was one other conversation or snippet between Max and the team on the radio that wasn't on the broadcast. And, and mm. this is something I read still, you know, in the same genre of, of attitude right do you, but do you uh, know what it do you know what it was no i don't i, I just remember yes, reading I, that there was yeah, there was something else yeah. well we're um, throwing around quotes i'll throw around a couple more which aren't word for word but basically checo was uh doing a spanish language interview as well afterwards and he said something along the lines of if max has two championships that's because of me like basically saying yeah. like not for this year but last year if checo wasn't there max would not have won that championship and he would only have the one from this year at this point um, and then Chris Horner, you know, after again, we're talking after the race and everything said that uh, everything is is in the clear and they shook hands and, and that sort of thing. But can you trust a word that comes out of Chris Horner's mouth oh, about God, this? Right? No. right. I mean, also, I think one of the interesting things they've talked about here is like. Obviously, this makes Red Bull look bad, I think, but it's also just going to show how Red Bull is always basically since Max joined the team, been touting him as the future of the team, blah, blah, blah. And clearly Max just has all of the power in that team. He can do whatever he wants. Christian yep. Horner and Helmut Marco, you know, can't, you know, they have no control over him. If Max wants to do something, he's going to do it. And he knows that they still want him to win races and championships for them. And they'll keep letting him, you know, drive and do whatever. So 
Well, that's a good segue, and I was going to say something to you, Jared. I mean, first of all, just to set the stage, he is signed through 2028 with Red Bull, right? And, yeah, that was the most insubordinate thing I've ever heard on a driver to to team radio in any sport or, you know, in, in any way. And what do you do as a leader when you have that situation? I mean – Let's talk the options. You know, it's like it's like if if uh, LeBron came off and punched. I don't even know who the Lakers coach is, but like basically, you know, gave him the bird as he walked off. Like at some point, I mean, look at the Kyrie Irving situation. Like they benched him. You know, like doesn't matter how big of a star player. Like at some point, I'm not I'm not equating anti-Semitism <laughs> to uh, telling your race driver you're not going to pull over or your race team not you're not going to pull over. But as you said, you know, Jared, like what? You said it was insubordinate. Like, you're Chris Horner. What What do you do, right? What I can mean, you do? I, I would definitely want to take a look at his contract and see, like, what he is required to do and, you know, start making him work to the rule. I think, you know, there – and I don't know if there's any potential, you know, like, does he have to listen? Does he have to do a certain thing? And just find either – make him work to his rule that he signed on his contract, which if that means doing what the team says and he has to do what the team says. And if it doesn't, then you have to find another way to squeeze him. And I don't know how they can with a, you know, with this contract, you know, what can they not give him what he wants in the car? Right. That's exactly what I was going to say is I think it's pretty clear that, I mean, he's the number one driver, right? So does that mean in his contract, he is guaranteed number one status I don't know. Like a, most, so, you know, Ferrari and Mercedes don't have that. They're pretty clear about that. Yes, they'll do team orders, but on yeah. paper, they don't have a, a number one driver. Right. And I think the word on the street is that if you drive for Red Bull through 2028, you're the number two driver, right? Yeah. And so that that's the first thing I think of is like, uh, Checo, you get rid of Checo, you bring in... Uh, Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> Daniel Ricardo, and, and you just make it equal and say, go after it, you know, and, and make, make it tough. But, you know, Max is so good that probably doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But I think, are are there ways for them to squeeze him? You know, I really don't think there is. I mean, that's the part, like, I think the incentives are all, all messed up here, you know, like they want to win and they know that realistically their best chance to win is with Max. And so Max obviously knows that too. And realizes he can basically get away with anything. Uh, and I mean, I just think like the other thing that, I, and just to go back to it, like, I think what makes this so egregious to me is just that regardless, I guess we can get into the rumor of what caused this maybe in a second, but regardless of all that, Max has everything sewn up. You know, it, it wasn't like he was giving up a podium here or a win or anything like sixth place is absolutely meaningless to him. Unless, you know, the only possible argument you could have is that he's chasing like, most points in a season, which is probably a record that he is on, you know, probably locked in already even. To, um, but regardless, I just think it's, you know, there's nothing of value for him. So it was just to be vindictive to Checo. Yeah. And I mean, he's definitely on track to have the most wins in a season. Part of that is because he's won a ton of races. Part of it is the season is longer. Uh, and so chances are, yeah, I think you're right. He, he's probably on track. I didn't look that one up to see total points, but I don't think that's even it. So I'm curious about that either, because also the old point system was totally different. So it's not like, uh, and like you said, there's more races. So it's just, I'll put one rumor out there and then we'll get to some of the other ones. The, the pro max 
rumor, so to speak, is that at some point during the season, you know, there's been stuff that's been discussed or whatever. And he basically makes a case that, hey, I take pride in racing as hard as I can at all times. It doesn't matter if it's for first or sixth. I don't want to give up a position that he, he supposedly put that out there, you know, and then you add on to this fact. And again, I'm just parroting the, that straw man argument almost that he was, uh, Checo was four seconds behind. So, you know, to let him by at that time would have been basically hitting the brakes and, and really pulling over, not a contrived pit stop, you know, repositioning type of situation. And, and he just, didn't want to do that. That is the most, like the best case scenario that that is what it is. Right. And I find that very unlikely that that's the situation. All right. Let me dive into my more, uh, here we go. Well, crazy rumor, um, which goes well, all actually, you know what, before we get into that, let's go back to the, to the crash that he, he had with Hamilton, the incident, the racing incident, what it well, it's not even a racing incident. He purposely drove into Hamilton. There's no question. He's admitted to it. There's a, a quote where he basically said, Oh, I, I knew there was no room, but I basically did it anyways because I have nothing to lose and I could screw up his race. I mean, he basically said that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, he said that Hamilton loses a race when I lose, like, I guess, five-second five penalty or something. Yeah. Right. Which, right there, that to me is an FIA suspension material. Like, to, to say that publicly and admit that that's what you're doing – you know, again, it goes back to the incentives. Like he's just saying, hey, this is the system, you know, this is what I'll do. And and that's pretty egregious, you know. And of course, Hamilton, the, you know, and you talk about the rise and fall of, I, I wasn't a big Hamilton fan. I've come around. I mean, he's just the amount of shit that gets thrown at him and, and the stuff he has to deal with. And he just, you know, he just kind of shrugs it off and doesn't make a big deal. And he's just like, yeah, you know, that's, that's the kind of person Max is, right? Yeah, and in that interview afterwards, yeah, he was like, yep. "That's who Max." What do you say? Like, it's Max. What can I say, or something like that? Yep. Yeah, it's and, and Hamilton's awesome to his teammate. He's gracious in defeat. He's supportive of his teammates' victories. Well, with that in mind, let's talk about. I think it was 2017. They resurfaced this clip of a situation where I think it was in the Belgian Grand Prix. And keep in mind, at this point, Lewis was behind in the championship. Uh, you know well into the year fighting with uh, Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel. And so he, Valtteri was in third place and Vettel was ahead. Um, and so Lewis says, Hey, he's behind Valtteri in fourth, asks if he can swap positions with Valtteri and try to chase down the person in front. And if he can't overtake them, he'll then swap back with Valtteri at the end. And sure enough, you know, he can't make inroads on whoever was ahead. I think it might've been Vettel or another Ferrari driver. Maybe it was Kimmy. And last lap of the race, he pulls aside and lets Valtteri come back through and take, the, the, you know, the last back. spot on the podium and he loses a couple points in that championship fight. I think he, you know, ended up losing three points to Valtteri, um, by doing that. But, you know, that was a very different situation. Whereas here, the championship's done. Max doesn't lose anything, you know, I mean, or he technically loses two points, but it doesn't matter again. So it just shows a pretty stark contrast. Though I, I think mean, you could, you can also go back and look at the, the Nico Rosberg rivalry, and th there was some pretty rough driving between those two and they were teammates, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, definitely no love lost. So for whatever reason that was, and then you juxtaposition that with Botas and him having a pretty good relationship. And now you, you know, compare and contrast that over to the situation in Red Bull that for 
a, a lot of appearances look like a good relationship, but just all unraveled <laughs> this weekend. So before before we get into like Gustav's rumors, I want to do two things. First, I saw on ESPN F1, they tweeted out all the things that uh, Checo has done for Max this year. Monaco overcut Hamilton into six, so Max and Max wins. Uh, doesn't allow Hamilton to pass them all race at Baku. Um, and at the second startup, Hamilton goes long and in 16th. In France, due to position, makes Hamilton not go into pits. Max catches up, passes Hamilton, wins race. Silverstone took fastest lap from Hamilton. Turkey, Perez defends and leaves Hamilton in fifth. Max gets second. Austin makes Hamilton make a pit stop too soon to prevent an undercut. Max wins. Brazil takes fastest lap from Hamilton. Abu Dhabi holds him up for 10 seconds, making Hamilton skip pit stops in order to not lose position. Like, that's a lot. That's a long right? list. Yeah. 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 And I know I sort of cranked through it, but yeah, I, mean, like, I think you can easily argue that without uh, Checo last year, uh, there's no way Max would have won the championship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look how close it was. Yeah, absolutely. Now I was gonna. Re- I wanted. I wish I could find like a hundred mean tweets like on Jimmy Kimmel about <laughs> Max Verstappen, but it was pretty much just everyone kind of saying the same thing. Um, you know, Max needs to be investigated. Max is a dick. Max is, uh, and and then there's some nice stuff about Max's dad being <laughs> drunk, but maybe good stuff can touch on that. Uh, we can get into that as well. Yeah. I thought, um, but it, so so anyway, I didn't find any good like insult tweets, which was my hope. It was just everybody right. pretty much shitting on him. I, yeah. And the the number of people that you know are like, "Hey, I I am from the homeland," you know, of Max and and f this guy, right? Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting. All right, yeah. let's dig into some rumors now. What what are we? What is the internet talking All right. about out there? So the main rumor that seems to be holding here is that this goes back to the Monaco Grand Prix where, uh, you know, Max in qualifying, I think provisionally you had um, like Carlos and Leclerc in front of, uh, in front of Checo and Max in terms of the qualifying. So Checo was in third place at that time and Max was behind him. And so they were coming into their second lap in the final, uh, final round of qualifying and Checo ended up, uh, losing in the corner, hitting the wall. Max and Carlos were behind him, ended up not being able to improve their laps, and that's locked Checo in for third place start in front of Max. Uh, I think it was third place, anyways. But regardless, he was in front of Max, and it meant that Max couldn't improve. Uh, and so at the time, you know, people were like, "Okay, it's Monaco. People crash all the time. It is what it is." But now it's come out that apparently, at some point afterwards, Checo admitted to uh christian horner and helen marco in front of a like pro max dutch journalist which all seems very suspicious to me but anyways uh that he intentionally crashed the car so that they couldn't improve behind him uh and that obviously again he didn't start on pole but he did end up winning the race after you know ferrari made some strategy errors and other stuff went on uh and so basically yeah like the idea is that max is incredibly upset that Checo would you know intentionally crash the car and basically ever since then has basically decided he won't help him with anything and basically dislikes him, which I think, you know, there just seems to be so many stretches here uh, that to me, uh, I, I just can't really imagine this being the case. Like one, literally the year before you had uh, Charles Leclerc who crashed and, you know, did retain his P1 grid start, um, but then broke down on the formation lap because since they're still in uh, Park Ferme, they can't make 
serious repairs to certain parts of the car because then that would cause uh, penalties to take place. Um, so Checo risked that by crashing, uh, which I mean, obviously didn't end up happening to him, but then also the fact that he's in third place. So it's not like he's starting on pole where he's got a very good chance of a win from third. I don't know what the stats are, but I would say historically starting from third probably does not, you know, have a great conversion rate to a victory in Monaco. Um, and so the only counter argument you can really make is that at that point in time, Checo was vaguely still in the championship fight. So maybe keeping Max behind him in the race was worth something to him, but it just seems, yeah, super suspicious to me. And also just the fact that he admitted this in front of a journalist in the paddock. Um, I don't know, also very suspicious and a pro max journalist at that. So like, and then why have they held this back for so long? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It all is very odd to me, but that seems to be a rumor. And, but regardless, I think going against that, you know, you still have the fact that max has won the championship at this point. It looks good for Red Bull if they get a one-two in the championship. You know, that's like they've gotten basically everything they can get out of the season at that point. So the fact that he just won't help Checo at this, you know, in this race still, I think, is just a, a dick well, move on Max's part. Even if this was true. I, I think that's the thing to look at. I mean, I have my reasons and I stand by them. Like it whatever those reasons are, how could that be so important to you as a driver that you're willing to forsake your team, the people that pay you, the, per, the person that has helped you, like what could be those reasons to just flagrantly disregard the wishes of your team director? I mean, this, whatever. So it's either, you know, Checo was like hitting on his girlfriend or like something crazy like that. But, he, you know, so even if that rumor about the Monaco situation is true, it's like if if he's really acting like that based on that incident, then again, he's just a child. Like he's that was in May, you know, yeah. and like he's, he's holding that grudge now after right. he's destroyed Checo for the whole rest of the year. Like Checo's had one win since then in Singapore. <laughs> I, you know, I really think that there's the potential for the relationships and the culture inside Red Bull to be, to become like so toxic, it impacts results. I and mean, if I'm Checo, it, I'm not helping Max ever yeah. again. And, and, and what's it going to do to the morale of the guys, you know, that's the thing, tires, At, you know, like there, it is, there's, there's history of, what you're talking about, the a contagion in morale essentially yeah. that has gotten so bad that in fact, I think it was Rosberg, Nico Rosberg and, and Hamilton, they switched teams. In other words, all the, the crew, they swapped them because of that sort of perceived situation. Like, like, okay, if, if, if there's actually something so bad going on, we'll just switch them around and, and neutralize that aspect of it. So it absolutely can happen. And if, if someone is so toxic in an organization, people are just going to start fucking off. Right. Like that's just what happens. You know, you when, start doing your job in formula one, 5% worse. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Did, and when, when I was at college, it was something like, I think it was, must've been my freshman or sophomore year. We had this senior on the team. He was a junior that year. So anyway, super like, just toxic. We call, I, I call them to the coach, like a cancer within the team. Right. And, and that like one cancerous individual inside an organization like that, that spreads so much faster 
then, you know, cause like one cancerous person hits everybody, like everybody who interacts with them has to deal with that negativity where like someone who's positive in an organization that might only bleed over into like three or four other people. And so oh, yeah. it takes a lot to undo that, that negative. Yeah. Negativity component. is definitely oh, way, way more, more powerful. Yeah. yeah. Way more contagious. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you think about the there's there's hundreds and hundreds of people that work in the Red Bull organization, right? Probably close to a thousand total. And anybody that's touching a part that's manufacturing something, put a little nick in something, do this, do that. Oh, this is going on on Max's car. Mm, you know, I mean, th- there is a lot of potential for that. And and what we saw in and heard that is no quality of leadership there, right? Like there's no way that that is going to inspire anyone to be like, Oh yeah, this guy's, unless there's something so crazy going on that we're not privy to that. You're like, Oh yeah, Max's reasons are great. I'm going to work hard for him. But if, if I'm the guy like pulling the tire off of his car, like, you know, it, if I'm fired up and I'm like, I want this motherfucker to win, I'm going to grab that shit and pull it off like a maniac. Right. And then the other ways, if in the back of my mind, it's like, this guy's kind of a dick, you know, yep. that shit's going to add up. I, I bet it, it and I bet we see it next season. You know, obviously the cars would be a big difference, but I'm, I'm hoping now that it, I don't know, torpedoes their season a little bit. Yeah. My other, my only, when you're talking about like that crazy, like what, you know, unless there's some crazy inside thing that would make them be on his side here. The other, only thing I've heard, uh, which I mean, is again, complete zero source for it absolutely just made up uh like wishful thinking from some random reddit fans i'm sure is uh the team is trying to drive checo out so that they can hire daniel ricardo instead of just as a reserve driver next year as like the full driver also because i think max and daniel actually are uh like decent friends so like max might want him back in the team or something you know but uh, obviously I i think that's completely you know conspiracy wishful thinking one well, and uh, Perez stuff. is he signed a two-year extension this year so he's contracted through 2024 mm-hmm. so also yeah. signed that around the monica weekend time it, it was uh, that's that's so, exactly right yep um and one other thing i thought that you mentioned before which i also is not an actual theory but just uh something kind of amusing was uh when i first like saw the thing people were saying like the only thing that could justify this is if like checo has been like hitting on max's like girlfriend or whatever uh, Who is super making, hot, by the way. Yeah, and is also uh, Daniel Kvyat, the former Red Bull driver's ex. I'm not sure if they were married, but she was at least his ex-girlfriend, and they have a, a daughter together. Yep. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe Max is feeling a little pressure there that maybe Checo's the, the next Red Bull driver um, <laughs> that she's got her eyes set on. Oh, man. So well, let's talk. I mean, Verstappen. Oh, go ahead. Can I ask a quick question? What's the story with Max Verstappen's dad? I haven't like. Well, I was just it. about mm-hmm. to say, let's let's dig into his family a little bit. So we we were right on the same <laughs> theme theme here. Uh, uh, I think it's a a very brief description. An abusive piece of shit is how yeah. I would describe him, and, and also uh, a racist. Yeah. Well, and his speaking of his extended family, if you you know count uh, Kelly PK and her father in there, you've got some. Uh, yeah, basically. I'm sorry. I'm conflating well. uh, PK with Max's uh, father. Yos, yeah, right. Yos for stopping. Who, who who raced when I first was watching it? Uh, he's really not been out of the sport that long uh, in the big scheme of things. Um, yeah, I forgot that it was Kelly's father that actually was tweeting and saying the racist things. But My Hamilton, apologies for yeah. disparaging you. Which no, no, no. But he's uh, just well, a piece of shit. What? So what exactly is the the story on that? 
Well, let me pull up the, the Wikipedia page here real quick. But yes. basically, because um, we're just conveying information from Wikipedia, so yeah, no, no libel here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, updated yesterday. No, just kidding. Uh, after uh, there was a carting incident in 1998, um, where Verstappen and his father Franz were found guilty in court for assault, and both got five years suspended jail sentence. Uh, the victim suffered a fractured skull. Uh, so not sure exactly what Carding. caused that, but it yeah. was a ra- racing incident. Racing incident. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's been several other situations where basically, uh, actually, this is spoken word. It's slander. Not slander. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. In 2008, uh, he was charged with assaulting his wife. Uh, and then that's the one I remember yeah. where he'd assaulted an ex-girlfriend, uh, yeah, there's basically several incidents along those lines. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you could find more detail, but several of these times where he was actually charged uh, with stuff or received suspended sentences. Um, so, you know, it's not yeah, not a one off, uh, not like a complete, you know, rumor out there. Like he's nope, actually, nope, these are, there were consequences for actions that definitely did take Documented place. cases multiple times of, of uh, Max's dad losing his temper and. And being an abusive piece of shit. As and that's just in general. But then you have the stuff he actually did to Max himself, which, again, I don't have a complete list here. But there's just a lot of stories of how, like, you know, I think Max came second in, like, a championship. And Yoss just drove off from the track and abandoned Max at the yep. track because he was disappointed. And, you know, his, like, eight-year-old, ten-year-old son at this point. Jesus. Yeah, and that's Max a very famous story. get picked story. up for, like, two or three hours until, mm-hmm. you know, Yoss cools off or it, something. Is, is Max a racist? Uh, that we don't have evidence of exactly, but we do have evidence where, so there was that whole statement, uh, around, uh, Nelson PK Kelly, Max's girlfriend's father, uh, tweeting, uh, yeah, racist comments, or maybe it was in an interview, he said racist comments about Lewis basically. And there was this whole uproar in the F1 paddock over it. I think he ended up actually getting banned for life from the F1 paddock. Yep. Uh, and Max, you know, obviously was asked about this in an interview. And of course, Red Bull probably spent a very long time prepping him on the PR <laughs> statements. And in the interview, he's like, yeah, like, you know, what he said was not right, but I spent a lot of time around him. I can absolutely say he's not a racist, you know? Uh, and Which was not what t- Red Bull told him to say. No, definitely not. <laughs> he went off script there. Yeah, um, yeah. And then at that same time, you know, it was funny, like, uh, I think it was one of like maybe Nelson PK's brother or something tweeted something saying like, oh my God, like, what's wrong with you people? Like, this was so not bad. Like our grandma used to call us this all the time as like a, you know, endearing term. And, uh, Kelly, Max's girlfriend definitely liked that tweet. Um, and they, you know, are screenshots of that. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's, I wouldn't say he's, you know, outright screaming racist, but definitely surrounded by, uh, a fair few. Uh, and he also, in terms of Nelson Piquet, um, Nelson Piquet was driving, uh, the previous president who just lost the election in Brazil, uh, Bolsonaro, who is a crazy right wing, uh, you know, semi fascist guy. So, um, and he was definitely a big supporter of him as well. So, and I mean, not to disparage the, the Dutch people as a group, but there's a lot of them out there. Like, uh, the the Belgium Dutch, they're known to be a little bit on the, uh, not progressive side of things. Let's say if you look at the, the Hamilton rivalry rivalry right. last year. Uh, There's a lot of those Dutch fans who definitely delved into well, some pretty racist. This this year, them. multiple races had the races come out with <laughs> multiple races had the race staff come out with messaging 
And it seemed like a lot of it was kind of directed at Verstappen fans of like, hey, stop being racist and, you know, being pieces of shit. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it, in you know, the end, though, it's just like a shame because all this, all these people we're talking about right now, like don't necessarily mean it's, you know, the same. Max doesn't necessarily have to be a racist because there's people who are racist around him. But I think clearly like the stuff with his dad has had an impact on him where his dad basically made him made it clear that the only thing that matters is Max. Max looks out for Max and that's it. You know, like he doesn't care about his teammates. It's just like he brought up as in like winning is the only thing that's a value. Like you have to just finish ahead of everybody else. And, you know, if you don't do the absolute best you can on a weekend or you give somebody else a favor, try to be the Mr. Nice guy. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere. That point circles back to my best case scenario where maybe that is what happened. Maybe that is, there was a conversation and, Max made it very clear to the team is like, don't ask me to ever do this. That's against my principles and I can't do it. So that is possible. That's like the Thanos was right. Magneto was right. Verstappen was right. <laughs> Killmonger was right. Yeah, that's right. So back to Max for, for a second. I mean, he is 25 years old. That's pretty young. I definitely was a, a, a jackass at 25. Maybe wasn't doing some of the stuff we've seen him do. I also wasn't racing a Formula One car. Gustav, how old are you? 27. 27. Okay. Got two years <laughs> of maturity on him, you know. Really. I, I remember you two years ago. <laughs> Just like Max. I mean, he's been in this sport since he was 17 years old. I mean, when I say this sport, like Formula One, didn't he start driving Formula One at 17? Yeah, I think so. Um, what well, he started you know, in 2015, right? Because he had it. I remember yeah, he had years. he he had the he was the youngest driver. He had a special disposition disposition at his age. Uh, yeah, whatever. he was driving yeah. Formula One before he was legally allowed to drive on the actual roads in yeah. the Netherlands. So and and just you know back to all the stuff we said the way he's brought up. Like he's been in this crazy pressure cooker for a long time. You know, Red Bull as an organization also seems to bring out kind of that side of things. Like they, they're they a pretty cutthroat when at all costs sort of thing. So, you know, to bring it back to what we're talking about, I mean, he's contracted through 28. I, there's no chance they're going to ever say, hey, we're going to cut you because, you know, you're kind of a jerk, right? Like that, that's not going to happen in Formula One. No. Is there a possibility that they could get so much pressure that they feel they have to like, you know, put him in, you know, anger management or whatever. I don't think so because they're one of the, I mean, basically they have a billionaire who owns the team who doesn't really care about sponsors and stuff. Like he is the sponsor. Red Bull is a drink company that does all these crazy things. It's like not, they're, they're making money left and right. I don't think there's a lot of incentive back to that point of them to even care. It's like, Hey, we just want the results. We don't care. We don't have to answer to a, a bunch of other sponsors. Yeah. That's my, also, my, my read. I mean, I think you could argue that some of this, any press is good press situation here where, I mean, like you said, Jared, like Russell and Mercedes just had their best weekend of the year and nobody's talking about it. You yeah. Know? Like uh, you're George Russell. You won your first grand prix. How pissed are you right now? to be overshadowed by Max Verstappen having, having a temper tantrum over sixth place. Yeah. I mean, your moment's gone basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's still happy. I'm sure he'll take it over not winning, but, uh, 
similar to how like Verstappen probably was disappointed about his championship being a little messed up there. Like same deal here. It's not, not the moment you maybe dreamed of uh, when you got into formula one. Uh, although if anybody can take like the, to take, could take it, I feel like it's uh, George Russell. He knows like understated. Oh, Mr. Know, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and honestly, he'll probably like look even better. Like that image will, will be even better for him in the future for just having been a pro getting it done while all these controversies happen behind him. So we're on that topic for a second. So yes, George Russell with his first win uh, at the Brazilian Grand Prix, the last three races, he has had the fastest lap. So clearly George Russell, who's had a great season. Of course, we, we talked about how he's Mr. Consistency Um, you know, no, no pole positions since the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, and that was the only one of the season, but just consistent race performance. And the fastest lap in the last three races, Lewis Hamilton also has been racing very well the last few races. So Mercedes is on the upswing. The last three races in a right. row as well. So. so Mercedes is on the upswing, right? So uh, that's got to be putting a little pressure on Red Bull and company as well, I imagine. You think they have a potential? Do you, there's one one race, right, left? Yeah. Yes. You, is Mercedes still going to... Re- drive as well as it has been the last two weeks really hard to say i mean i think they did bring an upgrade in austin which was the first of these last three races uh and clearly i mean it definitely worked like it's they've obviously made an improvement the question is just i don't know if they'll be able to to win per se on you know if you look at mexico and in austin while lewis was second it wasn't ever like really that close for him to actually win it, you know, like in Austin, Max had that 10 second pit stop, which kind of was what made it close. And in Mexico, I think Max won by like 15, 20 seconds or something like that. So. And to that point, uh, yeah, one, one race left, uh, Lewis Hamilton's streak of one win in a season, uh, very likely it's on the edge and, and yeah, it would be pretty tough uh, to see him winning. First of all, he hasn't, when was the last time he beat his, teammate uh, it's been a while but uh george has been on a absolute tear the last few races uh so not only would he have to beat the red bulls he'd have to beat george yeah i think it'll be tough for him to get the win also i think another thing they talked about that has helped mercedes a little bit the you know this brazil race and definitely in mexico was that uh their car is very draggy and so like the fact that those are both at slightly higher altitudes means that um you know, obviously the air being thinner, it doesn't matter as much. So like, especially in Mexico where it's at like 2000 meters altitude, uh, that was part of the reason they were so close in qualifying. Abu Dhabi, not at altitude. <laughs> yeah. What other controversies uh, can we talk about? I guess that was the main one. Lance Stroll fucking putting Vettel in the grass. And the Alpine duo uh, yeah. <laughs> really souring their relationship. I mean, they already... Oh, it's festive terms, but yeah, it's like imploded. Yeah. yeah. Alonzo literally was saying like the only thing left for him this season is looking forward to driving the green car next year. So yeah, I can't wait to get out of, out of that team, which speaking of a controversy, uh, I read a rumor. So next year, Pierre Gasly is going to Alpine. So he'll be teammates yeah. with Esteban Ocon, both French. And apparently the team has had to institute a rule where the two of them, are only allowed to bring their families to like two Grand Prix a season and they have to be different Grand Prix. The families can't be there on the same weekend because apparently coming up in like French go-karting and, you know, the lower formula races and stuff, 
they were big rivals and the families absolutely hate each other. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. I, I read about that too, to, to think that, a four, you know, multi-million dollar Formula One team has to basically separate families from coming to a race. Yeah, crazy. Yep. And, you know, speaking, you know, we're uh, of the future and we, we touched on this. So Danny Ricardo, no, no race seat next year. Rumors are there he, two possible kind of reserve drivers spots that he he would consider Red Bull being one of them and Mercedes being the other one, right? Yeah, that's the rumor. Um, you know, he's he's said he's just not going to be on the grid next year. In, in in other words, not taking one of the last remaining, you know, Haas or or, or one of the. I think that's is that the only seat that's kind you of kind of have Williams. Stuff? Williams announced Logan yeah, Sargent, right. assuming he gets like enough points for a super yep. license, which yep. I think is still uh, not. I guess still not, hasn't happened. Yeah, not or uh, he still might be able to, but it's not confirmed yet. So. Which will be great for the U.S. Yeah, uh, to have American, American driver, driver. Yeah, who's cool. who's been over in the European system for a while. Yep, and Haas seemed to be making. I mean, I know Mick hasn't been like amazing for them this year, but I just struggle to see the you know long term thinking of bringing Nico Hulkenberg in for their last seat, which uh, you know hasn't been announced, but seems to be heavily heavily rumored at this point um, to be pretty much a done deal. I mean, Hulkenberg obviously. Seems like a, a great driver and doesn't has the what what the m- most race starts with never finishing on the podium in Formula One, but kind of a dubious record. Yeah, he's definitely on the older side and like yeah. his what mid late thirties, even something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Kevin Magnussen, who's obviously had an amazing season, and that was one of the highlights of this weekend as well was him taking his first ever pole position in Haas, no less. But yeah, just have two older drivers there seems kind of like. Yeah, you know, I guess they're hoping for short-term results and not really planning for a longer-term future there. It's it's a it's a shame, you know, we'd love to see Ricardo end up somewhere. Um it would be very interesting to see him if this truly plays out to be on the Red Bull team as a reserve driver and and then yeah, what happens there? What happens with the dynamic and uh if if all this drama is really going on does Checo asked to be cut from his, you know, released from the contract or bought out or whatever. And, and do we see Danny Ricardo driving a Red Bull again? You know, he's, I think he's been kind of vocal about regretting that decision a little bit. I mean, I think he's admitted that and, and, and Christian Horner was hurt. Like he really wanted him to stay around, you know, and, and uh, I think he's been vocal about that as well. So that, that would be sort of an interesting turnaround. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I really do think like Checo has been a good teammate for Daniel, but I think back when Daniel was driving on Red Bull, you'd think Daniel would have been better than Checo. I mean, obviously this past year at, uh, or two years at McLaren has not been the best for him, but it would be interesting to see just how dominant Red Bull would have been if you had, you know, the old Daniel driving. And I think Max would still be, you know, beating Daniel and be the the leader. But I think he could easily be, you know, finishing one, two, very consistently with Max um, if he was at that kind of old, uh, old level of driving. I mean, he's a, he's still a top 10 driver, right? Like if we had to if we had to put them all in the same car, where would, would you rank him in the top 10? I mean, his Ricardo? record. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it, just he's for some reason been incapable of like yeah. clicking with this McLaren. But when he was at uh, Renault before. 
he did two years there and he did get, you know, like a couple podiums, I think at the end of his second season there. And yeah, I mean, was driving really well for, for being in a midfield car. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. Final race of the season is this weekend, Abu Dhabi. We're, we, we will dispense with the predictions. We talked about the controversies. Uh, I don't know. We've been out of the game for a couple months here. We missed about five races, but uh, I, I definitely will be tuning in. Uh, I, full disclosure. I didn't watch a lot of the last handful of races just because of, uh, you know, once, I mean, Red Bull was just so dominant. And once that really became apparent, you know, it just kind of, I've lost some steam there, but uh, just with the drama of this last weekend, I mean, again, Horner is saying, oh, they are 100% on the same page and Max will do whatever he can to help uh, solidify that P2 season finish for Checo. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. Well, I think what's going to happen is Max is playing just win the race and be so far ahead of Checo. There's nothing he can do to help. Well, you know? that, that like, is your problem. Oh, sorry, right, guys. Yeah. My hands were tied. I was busy. I'm winning, just so, so fast. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'll, I'll watch this race and I don't think Max will do anything to help uh, whether he, you know, is in the position to or not. Um, and really at this point, I'm just looking forward to next season hoping that, Mercedes can have a good uh, winter development cycle here and get the car to be competitive because, you know, I don't think Ferrari's going to fix their strategy department over the winter. So I think that's the only hope for, uh, of course, that's another rumor to talk about. So uh, the buzz is that, uh, uh, Benito, Benito, Beniti, what's his Benito, name? I don't know. Benito, yeah. uh, will not be around next year, uh, which should not surprise anyone. Um, the amount of, of uh, mockery that has been on the internet uh, uh, for their strategy uh, is pretty high. But what also I don't think should surprise anybody is when Ferrari manages to find somebody even worse than Bernardo. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll promote somebody out of the strategy department to team principal. And yeah, we won't, right. we, we can't uh, uh, get too far ourselves uh, too too ahead of ourselves to talk about the 23. We'll do another one to, after we'll do a race recap and then talk about the 23 season, but um, that's how things are right now. We're already looking a little bit ahead to that. I mean, we're going to have Vegas, which we didn't even talk about the, the the little show they did there. Uh, Show run on the strip and everything. The the donuts. And and then of course the pricing that has already come out. Uh, uh, Gustav, you have not bought tickets for that. Have you? I I attempted to, I had like, I paid that $7 for the special presale logged on and there was, you know, maybe 500 general admission tickets, which, you know, were standing room only in a small pen. Normally you can walk everywhere in the track. In this case, there was a small pen where you could stand. And each of those I think was $500. Yeah. Uh, and they were gone, you know, instantly. And then yep. the cheapest grandstand ticket was $2,500 for, you know, one ticket. Uh, and that was in some, not on the strip. For three, that, was, that is for three day, three, yeah, day, three day pass. Right, right. But it was also, yeah, it was not on the strip. It was off on the the other side by that sphere or whatever it's going to be that the they're cheapest building. Grandstand strip ticket I saw was 3000 Okay. So I'm not actually that much more expensive than the sphere area, but still, I mean. Pretty crazy. Yeah. You could definitely, well, definitely go to like any of the big European races, I think, for, uh, you know. For well under that um i think spa tickets in the eau rouge grandstand were under a thousand crazy well we'll talk more about 23 later uh 
hopefully we'll we'll be back in a week or so to talk about the wrap up of the 22 season. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens with the Max Checo saga. Uh, it is one of you know it's Formula One, right? And and as everyone's already saying, like hope the cameras were around. Like what is Drive to Survive going to be like next season, right? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, All the right, racing well, wasn't that exciting this year, so they got to get into the yeah you know, drama filled aspects. Although I do feel like we need to like give Brazil a rating. I mean, I guess right, and uh, so I I already know of some possible uh, avatars to to rate rate right. Do you have one in mind? Oh wait, I mean, it, soccer balls, uh, bikinis. But I was going to say landing strips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought landing strips is good because we're so, a class act here. That's right. To our, you know, we we haven't been on in a while, so I don't even know if anyone will listen to this uh, episode, so we'll we'll see. But uh first of all, I, I love that racetrack actually. I always talk about the sim racing I've done and it's one of the most fun ones to to drive. It's a historic, you know, there's a lot of history and 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 stuff and with the elevation changes and the corners and it's a really cool racetrack and and the racing so of course Qualifying was exciting, you know, some changes there. The sprint race aspect of it, I actually like that. Uh, so all in all, I, I give it four out of five uh, landing strips. I thought it was a pretty exciting weekend. Um, and then, yeah, you know, even with a little bit of the drama going on in the race, that added to it. You got your incidents. You got George Russell winning, which is cool. You know, the resurgence of Mercedes and the drama with Max. Uh, definitely up there. Yeah, agreed. I was going to say four as well. Um, I think even though there, there wasn't like a huge battle for the win in the race, like George always seemed pretty comfortable um, looking at Hamilton fighting back in the race. And then, like you said, the qualifying was really exciting with Magnuson, And then also the sprint race, uh, the fact that Russell was able to to hold off uh, Verstappen and do that overtake and stuff. Um, and we didn't even yeah. talk about like Valtteri Botas had this amazing drive, right? He, yeah. he did. He got was he eighth or ninth in the end, got a couple points for and, and the from with, way back. Yeah. yeah. They're in a battle too with uh, AlphaTauri, I think, or one, one of the other midfield teams are pretty close. So those points Vettel definitely matter to them. Vettel had a good ride or drive yep. and, yep. and uh, Schumacher also. Yeah. Right? Ironic that the, the Haas, way, Haas qualifying was. P1 and P20. Yeah, the, the Haas sandwich. Yeah. yeah. But he drove through? He drove through? Yeah, he was almost... Half the field, right? Yeah, I think he just outside of the points in the end. Yeah. Anyway, I give it five landing strips. I mean, this is mm-hmm. one of the best races I've watched. Nice. I mean, like, you know, I, I... Granted, I've probably only watched two seasons of races now besides Drive to Survive, but I don't remember seeing, like, a race that was that much better than that. It's certainly top fiver for me. Yeah, this year I think That's the fair. one that still stands out is maybe my favorite was Silverstone, um, where at the end it was just like all of a sudden like four yeah. people who were really fighting for the win, and um, yeah, I, I agree yeah, that, that that I think was really my exciting, favorite race. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did really enjoy this one. This was definitely uh, yeah in my yeah top three. I'd say. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone out there listening. We'll be back in a week hopefully uh yeah. wrap up the, the abu dhabi race and, and probably talk about the 22 season in general and and then we'll probably do another one a 23 recap uh, or 23 forward looking episodes so stay tuned see y'all later